0: Welcome to Brighton Adventure Story Podcast. Chapter 11 The Fugitives. Any feelings that Jenny had about leaving James and going home disappeared instantly when she saw the tall man, the cowboy, follow her friend into the glass fronted office building. Her urge to rush in and see what was going on was tempered by her knowledge that James was probably well hidden and perfectly safe. She decided that the best thing she could do was to keep watch on the building and wait for James to come out. Her first problem was to find a good place from which to look. The gap between the bins gave concealment and a good view, but it was cramped and smelled truly awful. A shadowy doorway would be ideal, but none were deep and dark enough for both her and Teddy, and just standing on the pavement would attract attention from passers-by, or any more drop-lifters in the vicinity. The best solution that Jenny could come up with was to do the thing that was most normal during lockdown. Keep walking Teddy. She started doing laps. Up the road to the crossing near the pie shop, down the road to the hardware store. Walking as slowly as possible. All the time throwing as many glances as she could toward the office building. On her 14th lap, The cowboy strode out of the building while Jenny was down near the hardware shop. He didn't so much glance in her direction, just disappeared down an alley that led toward North Street. Jenny made her turn and went carefully back up the street. She wanted to get back to the building entrance, but didn't want to risk bumping into the cowboy. He might be hanging around outside. She passed the alley, no sign of him, but there was a movement behind her. Two police officers strolled out of the first lane and turned up the road. Jenny kept walking, past the glass-fronted office building, slightly faster than before. She made fewer glances back now, and when she did, the police officers were still there, walking up, gaining on her a little. Rather than turn at the pie shop, she carried on up the hill to cross the next road and keep going. Her plan was to cut through the little patch of green and circle round the block to the road with the smelly bins on it. As she stepped into the road, the noise of a car engine made her jump. It was the first car that she'd seen moving. She stepped back on the pavement to wait. "'You all right, miss?' a voice said from behind, one of the police officers. "'Fine. Just walking the dog,' she said. She wanted to keep walking, but it might have made her look more guilty.' She turned and quickly added, "'For my daily exercise.' "'It's a little late for that,' the same voice said. It belonged to a dark-haired woman in uniform. Next to her was a shorter, squatter policeman. "'I didn't get a chance earlier,' Jenny said, wishing that she'd walked faster to avoid the police. "'And Teddy was restless. I was just going home.' "'Home, eh?' the officer said. "'And where's that?' Behind the two police, further down the road, Jenny could still see the glass doors to the office, which opened at that moment. James walked out, along with another dark-hooded droplifter. He looked fine, but there was something very familiar about the other figure. The squat police officer widened his stance, blocking her view of James. "'And where's that?' he repeated. "'Where is home?' "'Oh, just at the top of the hill.' Jenny said quickly, trying to see around the wide man, while also desperately thinking of any name of a place that she'd been walking towards. St. Nicholas Street Road. St. Nicholas Road. The police officers looked at each other. That's not far. We'll walk you up there. No, I'm fine, Jenny blurted. I'll be fine. We'd like to make sure you got there safely, the woman said, and perhaps, while we're there, we'll check that your parents understand the lockdown rules. They do, Jenny said. They only let me out once a day. Near midnight. And they always make me wear a mask. Alone? And Teddy needed walking? In the middle of town, alone at midnight. Come on, you're not in any trouble. Let's get you home. Jenny tried desperately to think of another reason why they should leave her alone. But it was useless. She trudged over the road, the officers pacing along with her. Soon they all crossed Queens Road and were walking up the steep hill towards St Nicholas Road. Jenny realised it might be better to admit her lie sooner rather than keep leading the officers on. They reached the flint wall around the cemetery. St Nicholas Church was up ahead, and Jenny knew that the little church was home to a very dangerous creature indeed. The priestess, both dangerous and extremely clever, and the same creature that had cured Jenny's broken ankle just before Christmas. She started forming a plan and reached into her pocket for a dog treat. Teddy must have smelt it. He reacted immediately, jumping up and pawing at her. Down, boy, she said. Calm down, Teddy. The officers noticed the change in the dog's behaviour. There's rats in the cemetery, Jenny said. Big ones. Teddy likes to chase them. He doesn't catch them. He's a softy, really, aren't you, Teddy? She gave his neck a rub with both hands, making sure to put the treat right under his nose. He almost nipped her hand. There must be one close, Jenny said, a big one. Sometimes they're so big, I think they should be chasing Teddy. The road levelled out. Up ahead was the right turn into St. Nicholas Road, and on the left was the path into the cemetery and the church. The police officers were right behind her on the narrow pavement. Teddy was still bounding at her hand, desperate for the treat. Jenny quickly tore it into two. Teddy poured at her even harder. It was now or never. She turned and gave a high-pitched shriek, looking past the officers. A rat, she shouted. It's huge! Both officers turned to look, and as they did, Jenny let go of Teddy's leash and hurled the dog treat into the cemetery. He immediately raced off after it. Teddy, she called, running after him. Come back. And she ran, away from the two police officers, chasing Teddy into the dark cemetery at midnight. Rather than going straight after the dog, Jenny dodged around a bush and then crept as quietly as she could around a corner of the little church. She swung her rucksack round and opened it as she got to the wall she wanted. She had just run away from the police. Never in her wildest dreams did she ever think she'd do something like that. Her hands were shaking as she rummaged in her bag for two items. She almost dropped her torch, pulling it out, but managed to get it the right way round and turned it on through a closed fist to dim the light. She was at the right wall and found the mark she was looking for. Three claw marks scratched into an old brick. Turning the torch off, she tapped the stone with it, as quietly as she could, but also hard enough that she hoped the priestess could hear. If only she had the badger stone, she could let herself in. She kept tapping the stone with one hand and pulled the second item out of her bag with the other. Like James, she had had the presence of mind to take a dog whistle into the Wellsbourne caverns, because she knew that the rats detested the sound. But now she put it to her lips and blew it for Teddy, hoping that he had managed to avoid being caught. She turned her back to the wall and looked out into the dark cemetery. All the time she kept tapping with the torch and blowing on the whistle as hard as she could. She waved the other half of the dog treat in the air. Come on, Teddy. Hear the whistle. Smell the treat. Come on. The path past the church was quite close but she was partly concealed by an unkempt privet hedge. The path was lit by a dim orange streetlight. She could see the first row of graves either side of the path, but nothing much beyond. Then Teddy bounded into view, darted across the path, and skittered up to Jenny. She gave him the other half of the treat. "'He's over here,' the squat officer called. Jenny heard his boots on the path. "'He went this way.' Come on, priestess, Jenny thought. Open the door. Open the door. The police officer's footsteps were joined by the other officer. They were right on the other side of the privet hedge and moving along the path. In another second they would be able to see Jenny pressed up against the church wall. Did you see the girl? Two shadows flickered on the path. No, but the dog ran across it up here. It should be right around. This was it. She saw the arm of the squat officer appear through the leaves of the hedge and then his shoulder and the back of his head and then he was gesturing an arm toward where Teddy crossed the path and then he started to turn and then the wall opened up and Jenny and Teddy were swallowed by blackness along with the soft plushness of a thick velvet curtain. The hidden door swung shut before the police had a chance to see them. Jenny heard Teddy whimper and brushed and she brushed back the heavy curtain. Come on, Teddy, she said, moving through to the room beyond. But Teddy was planted firmly to the floor, whimpering near the wall that was also a door. Oh, it's you, the priestess's voice called, measured and calm as always. And I see you've brought us a tasty midnight snack. Us. Oh, dog, another voice said. It was jovial and also regal. "'I haven't had a juicy canine treat in years!' Jenny left Teddy whimpering and turned to see, at the far end of a cosy science lab, the priestess sitting on a high stool, wearing her pristine white lab coat. And next to her was another badger, a great and powerful, if a little grey, beast, wearing a pair of beach shorts and a Hawaiian shirt. It was the king under the fort, He's not a snack, Jenny said firmly. He's my next-but-one neighbour's dog, and he's had enough trouble today, with polecats and rats, to last him a lifetime. Surely he could spare a leg for a hungry old badger, eh? The king, under the fort, said, hopefully. Certainly not, Jenny said. And why are you down here? I didn't think you ever left the hill fort. The king grumbled a mumbled response. It's a sore point, the priestess shook her head gravely. "'It's not that big of a deal. I mean, there's not much that can be done against that man and his pre-eminent friend, after all.' "'What do you mean?' Jenny asked. "'The blasted long man,' the King said. "'No business coming into Brighton and messing with the balance of things.' "'What's he done now?' "'He's kicked me out of my own home.'